everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue. Today I am here with the um chlorine little bit damp poly what is that? Poly poly what's that material? Pol Polyester? No, the one that, that I don't know. The, the swimming material. I don't anyway, know. <laughs> Brad is also here with me. <laughs> yeah, hi, I'm Brad, and yes, I am very much chlorine lacking mm-hmm. right now. I am uh, this this anime man. <laughs> yeah, I just I <laughs> I want to swim. Like I'm pissed that we're covering this while winter is still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think dumb. All of the indoor pools are currently closed due to COVID, right? So. Uh, maybe? I don't know. They are on my end anyways. They're all shut down and restricted. Because you can't really, like, social distance in a swimming pool. Yeah. Also can't really wear a mask either. No, and you can't really clean it after every use. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're all shut down on my end. (laughs) But yeah, today, if you haven't already guessed, or, you know, knew already from the title of the episode... (laughs) We're going to be discussing the second season of Free Eternal Summer. Yeah, swimming plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, swimming, swimming only. Nothing but <laughs> swimming. <laughs> so if you haven't checked out the first season that we covered in a previous podcast episode, be sure to listen to that one as well. Unless, of course, you weren't a big fan of the first season, or you just don't care about the first season, or you've already listened to the first season, or whatever, and then you can keep listening to this one. I'm not going to hold it against you. So... I think you and I may have slightly differing opinions about this season, by the way. Oh, okay. Because I remember what you said last week, so we'll get into it after oh. we get into discussing everything. But I have a... Uh, you have a differing I, opinion. I, I have some thoughts about this season, but we'll we'll get there. I feel like this season is probably a little bit more cliche in the sports anime, like, tropes. I don't know. I think I think cliche might be uh I don't know because I haven't seen enough sports anime to really have an opinion on whether it's cliche or not. Mm-hmm. However, it was definitely a it felt like a true second season if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll get into that once after we get through with everything because I kind of gotta put everything together. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So first, I guess. We talk about how we are, because we are insufferable, selfish people that just like to brag about our own personal lives, right? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> let's let, let's talk about jealousy first, okay? Okay. Because we have a person on the inside mm-hmm. that has officially seen not just Demon Slayer this week, but the new Sailor Moon films as well. Mm-hmm. I've never been so upset and jealous in my life. Mm-hmm. However, because of this insider information, we can confirm that Sailor Moon Eternal and Mugen Train are phenomenal. Ah! But, yeah, that's that's all I really got out of this week, is just jealousy. And Just jealousy. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. How about you? How are you? I'm doing okay. I, uh, I don't know. Just, it's been kind of, like, weird this past week. Like, mentally. Ah, Just kind of all over the place, you know? Mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't really done as much artwork as I normally do, and I feel like, I, I don't know, I just haven't had that, like, I need to draw something, you know? Just haven't so, had the spark this week? Mm-hmm. So I haven't really been posting on my Instagram as much as I was, like, last week, 
Um, but I do want to get back into it and I definitely am going to keep getting back into it and everything. I just feel like I was kind of overwhelmed and so took a break from it. But I'm feeling a little bit better today and hopefully even better tomorrow. And then, yeah, I, because I did this thing where, like last week where I had like 20 pages, I think it was, left in like a 200 page sketchbook. You know, it was like one of them really beefy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I was like, I've only got like 20 pages left. I can rip through that by the end of the week. And I was like, it's my goal to finish up the sketchbook by the end of the week. I did. I finished it. And I'm really pleased with what I had done. A lot of it was just practice stuff, you know, but I felt really good about it. Mm-hmm. And then this week I was like, I'm going to finish my watercolor book because I have one that's only like 20 sheets because of course watercolor paper is a lot thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then it wasn't a very big book. And I'd already gone through like half of it already. So I only had like 10 pages. I was like, I can finish that in a week. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't happen. I haven't touched it once. So I feel, I feel like I've kind of like used up all of my juice last week and now uh, I just couldn't keep that momentum going. Well, I mean, you did kind of set yourself a really tall bar, even though it might not have felt like it at the time. That's a mm-hmm. lot of sketching to like run yourself through in a week. Mm-hmm. So I can yeah. I can understand why. So it, it's always good to have a week break in between. Yeah. I don't want to. But if if you're taking a break, that that must mean that you've at least watched one more episode of Doctor Stone, right? Oh shit! I forgot. I absolutely completely. Damn forgot. it, Blue! <laughs> of I was all gonna. The things. I was gonna because you talked to me about it yesterday, and so I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch that. And then it just evacuated my brain. It's gone, and now I'm here, and I'm thinking, yeah, obviously that was in my head, and I'm like, well, no, it wasn't. Here I am starting a brand new anime today and also watch the latest episode of Dr. Stone and ReZero and The Promised Neverland and you, the show that you're most excited for, you're slacking on. I know. I'm the worst. See, this is why I can't watch stuff week to week. My brain doesn't allow it. I forget. Tisk tisk. I just forget. And then I, I had talked to people about stuff later. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, have you watched this show? And I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen that. And then they go through it. And then I'm like, why do I only remember up to like episode six? And then they're talking about stuff that's happened. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, spoilers. And they're like, this is all in the first season. You said you watched the first season. And I'm like, oh, I must have. That's when I dropped. And they're like, why would you drop it? It's so good. And I'm like, I didn't drop it because I meant to. <laughs> You're like me with Bunny Girl Senpai. I understand completely. Yeah. So shall we, shall we talk about news? Yeah. So, some world-shattering, record-breaking news. Ooh, fun. So, a manga has officially made the New York Times 100 list. Ooh! Which one? Can you guess? Is it Demon Slayer? It is Demon Slayer. (laughs) I would have thought. So, the creator of Demon Slayer has officially made the Times 100 list. The first manga creator to ever make that list. And honestly, congrats. No, that's amazing. That it really is. Because it just goes to show how much influence Demon Slayer has had, not just on a domestic scale, but on a global scale. Yeah. For the entire world. And not only that, but that's the anime. So the fact that the manga has had that big of an influence. It's huge. Oh, it is. I'm excited to see more manga and light novels and things like that really 
expand out into North America. Mm-hmm. I, I say North America, Europe as well, like everywhere else in the world. <laughs> Shout out to Australia. You know. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I want to see it expand more and more and more because obviously like anime is so much more accessible because it's so much more available online. Mm-hmm. And we know that the people who are making those animes, at least for the most part, are getting the funding that they should because you're watching them through a paid subscription fee, right? Mm-hmm. But with manga, there's so much less of that available. I mean, there are a couple of sites that provide that for you, but they have their translations and you can, you know, that like the money is going to the to the authors. Mm-hmm. But it they get so much more and so much more exposure, I feel like, through just being in a bookstore. Because in I don't know if this is true, but in my mind, I feel like you're more likely to pick up something you've never heard of in a bookstore. Then, you see, I don't know. Now, I've always grown up with manga being in the local bookstores. Mm-hmm. However, it's different in the fact that I feel like now with Demon Slayer having taken the entire world by storm, the selection is going to get larger. Yeah. Which is great, because that means I don't have to go to the biggest city near me to go, you know, spelunking for manga. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. I do think that you are more likely to just pick up a random manga at a bookstore than looking elsewhere, unless you're just specifically seeking it out. Yeah, because online, I feel like I'm looking for a... Like, if I'm online, yeah, okay, I'll see, like, they're, like, recommended for you things, and I'll, like, click on those or whatever. Or I watch an anime and I want to read the manga. Or mm-hmm. I'm in a certain genre and I'm exploring that genre. It tends to always lead from one thing to another. You don't mm-hmm. really have that same feel of just looking at a load of different manga all at once and thinking that looks cool and picking it up because you're already in kind of a pocket online Mm -hmm. you know yeah and so things are already kind of filtered for you because algorithms work you know online Mm -hmm. that's what they're designed for it's what they're built for is to recommend things that you will like to you so same authors or um same genres or same age ranges or same same descriptions keywords key phrases this kind of people who read this also liked this you know and so it's all pre-filtered in a bookstore mm-hmm. you don't get that i mean obviously it's pre-filtered from the things that they have in the bookstore like they only have what they have and but, their layouts are kind of pre-filtered as well as well to where the manga is going to be in like the back left hand corner mm-hmm. but if you're looking at a manga section in a bookstore, you can just look, you yeah, know? Yeah, you can just browse. And I feel like you're more likely to go, huh, what's this? When you're in that mm. section, as opposed to, I mean, you still might do that online, but it's already been sorted. But now, can you imagine with Demon Slayer exploding how it is, and not only that, but making the Times 100 list? Yeah. That manga is going to start getting like put out in like the middle display aisles. Yeah, I'm for really people excited. To look at and pick up. One day, I'm going to be able to go into a bookstore in North America and I'm going to be able to see manga that isn't categorized by being manga. And it's going to be like sports manga, action manga, romance manga. And I'm going to be able to go through and have it have sections. <laughs> That's how big it's going to be. Instead of it just being alphabeticalized. Yeah. Because that's what I'm used to. Because yeah. I know we talked about the Barnes and Nobles in the next town over about how we had like seven or eight shelves of manga. Mm-hmm. But they're just alphabeticalized. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have... it'll be 
it'll be nice to get like a genre manga yeah. section. In my local chapters, there's like four shelves of manga and then uh, one shelf of light novels, I think that's how it is. And then it bleeds into graphic novels from there. Boo. Mm-hmm. But it's really confusing when you're seeing like Demon Slayer next to, I mean, it's not because it's out of alphabetical order, but like it's the same kind of thing. It's like Demon Slayer next to, I want to eat your pancreas next to uh, some kind of very 18 plus manga next to Batman. <laughs> Prince of Ten- Yeah, like that's that's what it is. It's so, I mean, you, yeah, it's it's very bizarre that it's like very, very young kids manga in the same section as very, very adult manga. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, agreed. all in the same shelving unit. So it'll be it'll be good to actually see that, or just to see how it's gonna grow and expand. Yeah, just because of the success of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because there hasn't really been one that's as mainstream as Demon Slayer in quite a while. Because I mean, you think back on our childhood, and it's like you know, Dragon Ball, Pokemon, Sailor Moon, you know, mm-hmm. really big. And then there's been a yeah. gap where, like, Avatar The Last Airbender and kind of, like, almost animes popped up. Mm-hmm. But, like, none of them were actually made in Japan. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of had a slight resurgence with Sword Art Online, Attack on Titan, and My Hero Academia. But even then, I, I wouldn't see them on, like, Nickelodeon, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, Toonami's still been around. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's just with our generation, we don't talk about it as much, mm-hmm. whether we still use Toonami to watch anime or not. Mm-hmm. But then, with Demon Slayer having like just made national or global news, then it's going to start becoming... like It's already taken over Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon and all of that. It has just become the largest known franchise globally because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting. that's just going to lead to more. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see if anime starts popping up on things like Family Channel and Nickelodeon and stuff like that again, like it was when we were really small. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen, I mean, not that I watch them on a regular basis, but you know, <laughs> I feel like it's been a while since since I've heard about an anime being on more of a mainstream child and teenager categorized or like directed TV channel. Not that, I guess, teens watch TV much these days. I mean, we don't even have one in our house. I mean, I think a lot of it could have to do with they're still showing, like, the newer versions of Pokemon and Mm Yu-Gi-Oh! and all that shit, but it's the same old stuff. Mm -hmm. To where now, with things like Demon Slayer, there's going to be a lot more variety kind of put out into the world, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm excited for the new convention season in, um, I think it's probably going to be 2022 by the time conventions... Excuse me. By the time conventions are like back up and running, but looking forward to conventions because it's going to be really interesting with Demon Slayer being as huge as it was and everyone having two years to work on their cosplay. Uh, your boy's going to be in cosplay shape by the time cons come back. Yeah. So I am excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've been watching, I was speaking about this last week actually, how I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. And mm-hmm. the amount of cosplay techniques you see in drag and drag techniques you see in cosplay is insane. So I'm like absorbing everything I can from these drag queens to help <laughs> me with my cosplay because there's so many small things that they do that's like, oh, that makes so much sense. 
mm-hmm. when when making stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm super I'm super stoked to get back into it. My mom got a new sewing machine today. Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because our old one needs to go to get sent away for repairs, but it takes like a month to get sent away for mm-hmm. repairs. So she wanted one to like hold her over in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. So shall we, do we want to get into the spicy news of the day? Let's get into the spicy news. Is it the news that I know about? No. Okay. Is it the uh, article that you sent me the other day? Mm-hmm. Nah, I was going to let you bring that up. Okay. So at time of recording on February 19th, so two days before this podcast officially goes out, the 19th is the official date of the Crunchyroll Anime Awards for 2021. Mm-hmm. So, those awards have happened, and I have all the winners. Mm-hmm. So, would you like to know the winners of all the categories? Yes. So, Best OP, Wildside for Beast Stars. Mm-hmm. Best ED, Lost in Paradise for Jujitsu Kaisen. Best Voice Actor Performance in English is Zeno Robinson as Hawks from My Hero Academia Season 4. Mm. Best Voice Actor Performance in Japan is Yusuke Kobayashi as Natsuki Subaru for ReZero Season 2. Mm-hmm. That's deserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is 100% deserved. Yeah. I want to Be- talk about the voice acting of free when we get to it as well, the English voice acting. Yeah. Best couple. Can you guess who won best couple for 2020? Is it Bunny Senpai? No. No? I think that film came out in 2019, oh. if I'm not mistaken. Then I got it wrong. I don't know who. What what did we cover last week? Oh, really? Yeah, NASA and Tsukasa. Aw, cute. 100% deserved. Yeah. Best director is Masaki Yuasa. Mm-hmm. I probably butchered the shit out of that mm-hmm. off of Keep Your Hands Off Aizuken, maybe. I probably butchered the shit out of that, too. Mm-hmm. Best musical score, Kevin Pinkin from Tower of God. Best fight scene, can you guess? Uh, uh, I don't know. Because I, I, brain... you finished it up before we watched the My Hero film. That was so long ago. Um... So, so Deku versus Overhaul from My Hero Season 4. Oh, okay. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that's 100% deserved. Yeah. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Best protagonist, Katarina Kleiss from My Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom. Oh, okay. Do you think that was deserved? I dropped it. So I don't know. Okay. <laughs> then best antagonist, Ryomen Suzuka from Jujutsu Kaisen. From the way the Jujutsu Kaisen's blown up, I could probably see that. Yeah. Because it's basically swept the whole anime awards or it's gotten the most wins out of everything. Mm-hmm. Now, are you ready for our favorite little categories? Yes. Best boy, Shoyo Hinata from Haikyuu season four. Yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. Now, best it. girl, this is gonna this is gonna throw you for a loop. Okay. Kakuya Shinomiya from Love Is War. Huh. Okay. Also, best comedy, Kakuya Sama Love Is War. Yeah. No, I can see it. I'll give it to him. Because I mean, season two just absolutely dominated this year in the comedy market. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to the whole point of why they dub season two before they dub season one on Funimation. Mm-hmm. So I can see it. Mm-hmm. Best Drama goes to Fruits Basket, Season 2. Yeah. And Best Fantasy, obviously, 100% goes to ReZero, Season 2. Yeah. I feel like best... those... Sorry. You go ahead. I was just gonna say, I feel like all of the ones so far have been, like, really ordinary. I don't feel like there's any big surprises in there. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, going over going over everything, I mean, there are the best OP kind of throws me for a loop or the best English voiceover performance from Hawks kind of yeah, throws I'd, me for a loop. From what I can remember, Hawks doesn't have a crazy amount of lines, does he? I mean, that final bit with Endeavor, maybe? Yeah. But I figured if anyone would get it, it would be Endeavor from that. Yeah. Because I just don't foresee that being Hawks. But then again, I don't I don't know. Because I've seen season four subbed and dubbed. And yeah, I have again, s- I just, that throws me for a loop. Yeah, because I haven't seen them dubbed. I've only watched them subbed. It's hard for me to like, like I have no grasp on, on the English. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to think back and just to think of how much content there is of Hawk mm-hmm. speaking. And I can't remember there being a crap ton. Like, I don't feel like yeah. he's a he's a main character in my brain. Yeah, no, because he's really only just big during certain sections of it. So I don't, I don't know. Again, if I had to give it to anyone out of season four of My Hero, it would be Endeavor just because of that last little ending sequence. But again, having seen them both subbed and dubbed, because again, I have to watch My Hero dub just because of Sabat, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Then best animation is Keep Your Hands Off Izuken. Mm-hmm. And then finally, anime of the year is Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, we'll have to add that to our list. We will, cause but it's also ongoing, so that'll be that'll be something we we'll have to add to the list later. Yes, because I think it's still going. Mm-hmm. But it's I know it's blown up because one of my friends won't shut up talking to me about it. <laughs> like, hey Brad, you should watch this. Hey Brad, you should watch this. And I'm like, I don't have time. I'll get to it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't need another weekly right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's... I agree with you, though. I don't feel like there's a lot of diversity mm-hmm. in this one. But that's just the winners, though. I would have to go through and see who was nominated for each category to kind of see what was there. Mm-hmm. Blue? Yeah. Oh, you were just dead silent. Oh. <laughs> I, I did respond, but it must have just been really quiet. And maybe didn't pick uh, up my mic. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. So, yeah, that's, there's your 2021 Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Yeah! So, you you take the reins on the last piece of news, because I figured I'd let you have this one. Okay, Um. so Toy Animation has been in the news recently. I came across an article by Anime News Network uh, explaining a situation where Toy Animation has been in a lot of deserved heat because of how they responded to pronouns and naming someone who considers themselves to be, I think, gender fluid, I think it's what they were. Or they didn't want to give themselves like a, a he or a she pronoun, they just wanted to be they. And they also had chosen a name that wasn't their legal name, it wasn't on their like family registry, and they were doing all of their work under that name. Like anything that wasn't legal, they were doing under that name. Anything that was legal, they were obviously using their legal name for. And uh, Toei Animation kept uh, dead naming them and uh, being really, really inappropriate. It's one of those, uh, it's a situation that's very difficult to talk about, but it needs to be spoken about. But it's difficult because obviously somebody was very hurtfully impacted by this and Mm -hmm. by an animation studio that I feel like we've all 
grown very emotionally attached to because of the things that they've created. So Toei Animation has gotten a lot of heat for that, but also I haven't seen too many people covering it in the anime community, so it's definitely one thing I do want to cover because I feel like it's incredibly important for these matters to be discussed, especially in corporate environments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just really disappointed in Toei Animation. I'm as well. It's one of those situations of, you know, for a company that claims diversity to suddenly take issue with someone who prefers to be gender neutral and doesn't want to go by their legal name because it causes trauma and hurtful feelings for them, I don't see what I don't see what the issue is here. Yeah, that's the thing that confuses me the most about this situation is that this person just wanted to be called a nickname. You know? Like that's mm -hmm. it's on the same level as a nickname. They just didn't want to be referred to by their legal name. They just wanted to be referred to by you know, like me, I'm called Blue. You call me Blue on this podcast. It's not my legal name, mm -hmm. but it is my preference. And mm -hmm. it is, you know, my work name. It's what I use for all of my work stuff. So I don't understand how it's different for me having a work name just because I'm in a more like artsy area. But even when I'm an editor or when I'm working on behind the scenes stuff, I still use Blue as my name. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand how... Somebody not using their legal name. And it's not like they were using it on contracts or on, you know, legal stuff where you have to have your legal name. It was literally just their work name and I think their union name. Yeah. Like that's all they were using it for. So just essentially all I can say is just what the fuck, Toei? And the communications between Toei and the union and this person were mean they were just mean mm -hmm. i just uh, but anyway it's a sorry go ahead i don't even know where i was gonna go with it just what i just don't understand man it's fucking again like i realize it's probably said and oversaid at this point but it's 2021 like get get your shit together yeah like it's they're not doing anything wrong they're not doing anything illegal it's just their preference, so who gives a fuck if they want to go by a different name or a gender that's different from their birth gender? Like, just, they're not hurting anyone. There's nothing wrong with it. Get, get the fuck over it. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's just like, it doesn't affect anybody other than the person, you know? It's mm -hmm. not, if you if you're one of those people that has a sense of things being uncomfortable in like a bathroom situation where you are one of those people that sees someone who was born and, you know, identified as the opposite gender to what they identify as now, or if they're gender fluid or whatever, they're, you know, told that they're one gender when they're young. And then you feel uncomfortable with them being in your bathroom, the one that you associate with. Why is the conversation they should go back to the other bathroom the conversation as opposed to we should just make a bathroom where they can go, mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, so many, like, accessible bathrooms, for instance, so many accessible bathrooms are gender neutral. Doesn't mm -hmm. apply, you know? So why are we not just making accessible bathrooms for people to use them because they are accessible, you know? Agreed. Mm -hmm. Because it, most of the time, accessible bathrooms aren't just for people with disabilities. They're also for parents with young children that need to, like, change diapers. 
So mm. why can't we just add in people who are gender nonconforming or gender fluid or trans or whatever, or people who don't feel comfortable in whichever bathroom for whatever reason, can't we just have an accessible bathroom for them? Like if that's the situation, make it that way. Other than that, I can't see how any of it other than that it matters, you know? Cause mm. it in oh, no. I I agree. In no other circumstance is anybody getting undressed? Is anybody getting, you know, like, personal? <laughs> it's a work mm -hmm. environment. You're in an office building, you know? So I don't understand how, in any other instance, there could be a conflict or a... Other than that, it's just a name and a pronoun, which is... Yeah, like, there's... It it's not affecting their work ethic, and in fact, they're just being punished for it, which is in turn affecting their work ethic. Yeah, and affecting other so people's work it's... ethic, because I'm not going to work mm -hmm. in a place where somebody else is being discriminated against because of their choice of pronoun and name, because it means nothing. It's a word. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's... Again, just, just what the fuck, Toei? Just what the fuck? You can do it in high school. You know, you apply to high school, and they go, oh, this is your name, preferred name. And it's just like, because if you're called Caitlyn, but you don't like Caitlyn and you want to go by Kate, then you fill in Kate there. If you, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't understand why it's not a thing for, okay. I can even do it at my job. Like, I, yeah. I could get Brad put on my shirt if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's literally just what they want to go by. Yeah. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah. So. Not that fucking hard. What does it matter if one day, like, if, if you're filling that out and it says Caitlin, but you want to be a Kit or you want to be uh, Chris or whatever, like, it just, it just, at the end of the day, it just doesn't matter. It's not that deep, you know? And again, it's not hurting anyone. No. It's not hurting anyone else around them and it's not affecting their work ethic so why why does it matter yeah i'm getting i'm obviously upset about it i'm mm, oh no i'm frustrated with it it's just <sighs> but yeah if you want to read know. that it's article something that needs to be discussed mm -hmm. if you want to read that article and get more concise less rambling information it is um on anime news network's twitter or you can just google it toy animation lgbt controversy or whatever it should pop right up but yeah mm. anime news network is where i got the article from um but yeah definitely definitely look into it if you're interested there is actually a petition that you can sign as well about it if if you feel like you want to contribute in some way um mm. there's yeah a donation page as well i i'm not gonna obviously preach about it for hours on end because that's not what we're here to discuss but i do feel like it's very important to talk about these things when they happen because if we don't talk about them then they get swept under the rug and then they just keep happening and in this day and age something as simple as a, a name and a pronoun shouldn't be as big of a deal as it is it it just it's a couple of words it means nothing to the person that's saying it it means so much to the person that's on the receiving end though mm -hmm. yeah it's one of those things where i feel like we shouldn't have to sit down and have this conversation no but the fact that we do it definitely shows that it is a problem and something should be done about it yeah yeah anyway past the preachy point <laughs> yeah so shall we shall we talk about free let's talk about free so background info nothing has changed it is still kyoto animation one of my favorite animation studios of all time because everything they do is gorgeous Yes, agreed. 
And there are a couple of scenes in Free Eternal Summer specifically that are so pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they just Kyoto just always knows where to step it up, man. Yeah, Kyoto could specialize in Sakuras and just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh my god, just the fucking Sakura pools, man. Yeah! Oh my god. Especially that N1, that just... Oh my god, yeah. Do you realize how much that tugs on my heartstrings, seeing that, considering Sakura trees are my favorite things on the planet? We had a cherry tree in my garden in England. It wasn't obviously a Japanese cherry tree because they don't... They can't reproduce. Did you know that? Mm Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. So they're the ones that are there are the only ones that are there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, but yeah, we had a cherry tree there and it was really nice having that there. We had a cherry tree, we had an apple tree, we had an apple bush, we had a pear tree and a plum tree. Now did you have partridges in your pear tree? <laughs> we did we did not have partridges. <laughs> but we did often get kingfishers. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And um then we had a pumpkin patch, we had a gooseberry bush. We had a blackberry bush. We had, uh, what else did we have? Marrow? I don't know what you call them over here. Um, zucchini? Like that the big accurate. ones. Yes. Really big ones, yeah. And then we had a greenhouse as well that had a whole bunch of stuff in it. And then an Anderson shelter in the back. That was really cool. From World I War II. remember II, you telling me about that. That's, that's nifty. Mm-hmm, yeah. And me and my brother had a wild patch, what we called our wild patch, next to the Anderson shelter. I'm going off on a huge tangent here. But yeah, we, we got a load of bricks and we just sectioned off like a small corner of the garden and mm-hmm. we just let it grow. And one time we found a, we found a couple of like frogs and toads in there, but we found like this big black wormy thing. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think it was some kind of, I don't know if it was like a an amphibian or a reptile. I still don't know what it was, but it was like a big snaky, but it kind of was slimy <laughs> thing. But, like, snakes aren't a huge thing in the UK, so it wasn't a snake. But I I don't know what it was. And maybe it was an alien. Giant slug. Who knows? It could have just been a giant slug with a head. So, on the topic (laughs) of Sakuras and frogs, Mm -hmm. so did you watch that TikTok I sent you about the new Lego they came out with? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that not amazing? Right? With, like, the fucking pink frogs being the Sakura petals? So cute. I love it, but also that man's narrating of it is just—it's uh, top notch. <laughs> I want more frogs again. I haven't had—I haven't kept frogs in a while. Just, just go hop down to the creek and grab one. It's kind of frozen over right now. It'll be fine. <laughs> also, I'm not sure. Oh no, we did have a frog. We had a frog in our outdoor pond for a while. We named him Freddy. I never discovered what species he was. Hmm. But he was he was some kind of frog. He used to make cricket noises in the pond. So we used to think that we had like one really loud cricket. And then <laughs> and then one day I discovered him. And I was like, oh no, it's a frog. Self-preservation. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or just trying to lure in food. I don't know what it was, but yeah, he sounded like a cricket. Huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually had a... him the same time that I had my toads. Oh. Ah. Yeah, he was outside the same time that I had the two inside. I remember you telling me about these toads. Yeah, sweetie toad. And Houdini Toad. <laughs> and then poor, poor Houdini Toad. Poor, poor, well, possibly poor Houdini Toad. He may have been eaten or he may have escaped. Either is hilarious. So uh, I wasn't as sad about his his mis- his disappearance as I uh, should have been because I was, I was laughing a lot at the fact that he was either eaten by Sweeney Toad or he escaped. So you could say it is both ironic and very riveting. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> if he did die, then you could also say that he croaked. 
Why why are we like this? <laughs> uh, okay, background all done? Yes, background all done. Kyoto Animation, season two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check out our first free episode if you want to know more about the background. Okay, so there were 13 episodes in this um, second season. Mm-hmm. And the second season covers their third year of high school. Well, mm-hmm. our two, like... Haru's first year of high school and Makoto's first year, uh, third year of high school and Rin's third year of high school. But obviously there are members of both swim teams that are second years and on Rin's first uh, team first years as well. So yeah, it's, it's, but Haru's our main character. So, <laughs> so third year. And yep. um, it's continuing the same kind of theme about them going to different tournaments, trying to get to nationals. Um, but this whole season also has an underlying element, a pretty, uh, an overarching element, you could even say, of them discovering what they want to do with their future. Because obviously some of these guys are, have potential to make a career out of swimming and others of them are really good at swimming, but would have to really, really fight and really, really work and don't have that same like level of just natural born talent to get to where they want to go. So they could become professional swimmers, but there is a chance that it just would fall flat for them. And so they have to really consider, okay, well, what are my other options? And do I want to risk it? And then not have any qualifications to fall back on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's a very emotional season about the pressures of growing up and friendships and sports psychology. <laughs> if you're interested in sports psychology, this is a good season to watch for it, especially for teenagers, because I feel like they're under a whole lot of pressure for it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and it's and it's yeah about friendships and and how life changes as you grow up. I don't know. It's a pretty good continuation of the first season. Just keep on going. <laughs> you see, it's. It's weird because getting to the point that I'm going to make later is that I prefer the story that the second season is telling. Yeah. But a lot of it felt like a retelling of the first season, if that makes sense. I do agree. Especially surrounding Haru. And that that's kind of what turned me off to the second season a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just because I felt like, you know, Haru had all that character growth in season one. And then kind of gets but reset. But then immediately at the very start of season two, he's back to the way he was at the very beginning of season one. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. I... And it only gets worse as the season goes on, too. It's like he's reverting more and more back to the point to where he was worse than he was at the very beginning of season one. And I'm like, I'm getting frustrated at this yeah. point. As a plot device, I agree. It can be quite frustrating as you go. But as someone who's watching it from like a, if this was reality situation, I can absolutely see how Haru would be reset because of the fact that swimming is his safe space and because of the things that he goes through throughout this season and the environment that he's put in, I can absolutely see how it would make him fall back on his old habits because as humans, is what we do. However, in putting that into a show, it comes across as repetitive or redundant and yeah, kind of like there's a lot of, of repeat plot lines. I actually feel like there's a lot of this show that there's a lot of this season, a lot of this show in general that could have been edited out that might just be because, no, I feel like that's fair. 
I was gonna say it might just be because of the way that my brain works, but in comparison to a lot of other animes that we've been watching recently, I feel like there's a lot of this stuff where I'm like, okay, but they told us that in the last episode. Or, okay, but they told us that a little while ago. Like, I don't need to hear that bit again. Mm. And I ended up skipping through a bunch of it because I was like, okay, it's slow. All right, let's let's be real here for a minute. This mm-hmm. season should have been two cores mm-hmm. to where I feel like a lot of the stuff, especially the tournaments, could have had breathing room. The tournaments were very quick. They were very quick. And it was the same with the first season as well. Like, the stuff is realistic and over in a flash. Yeah. And I feel like that could have been drawn out a little bit. There's a lot of stuff in this that could have been drawn out a little bit, especially the conflict between Sumezica that happens yeah. later on. Like, that could have been drawn out so much more because you're introduced to all these new elements and you don't get enough time with it. It's just like boom, boom, boom. But then you have our core group that all decide to have their own each individual issues and they each, every one takes up an episode apiece and it's just conflict, resolution, conflict, resolution. And it's just a pattern of just repetition that isn't, like for me it was frustrating because Mm -hmm. it again felt like a retelling of the first season and it's all stuff that could have been either handled differently or could have done without because we could have built on so much more. Yeah, I feel like after watching Haikyuu again, and because I watched Free before I watched Haikyuu, so Mm -hmm. in my mind when I was watching Free, it was the best sports anime that I'd seen up until that point because it was. I mean, it was beautiful. It's stunningly animated. It's incredibly voice acted. It has really interesting plot lines. It's realistic with the sports psychology element, I still think that's really great throughout this show. And you feel for the characters, you get really emotionally attached to these characters. But after watching Haikyuu, I definitely now see faults in Free that I didn't see when I was first watching it. And maybe that's me as well, because I love the first season of Mm -hmm. Free. But then seeing how everything progressed in Haikyuu and then getting back to the second season of this... I feel like the first season might have pulled the wool over my eyes a little bit. Yeah. So I'd like to go back and watch the first season just to see kind of Where you stand. how I feel about it. And just for one, to see if my frustrations with the second season were correct mm-hmm. or if they or if everything can just kind of stand where they are. Because the don't get me wrong, like I teared up during the second season. The second season was so much more emotional. Than the first. Like, it just, especially towards the end, just wanted to do nothing but tug at my heartstrings. Yeah. But there's still just so much that we didn't get. And there's a lot of it that just felt really tropey to me. Yeah. But I also, that also makes me wonder how many of those tropes were kind of set in stone by Free, if that makes sense. Because obviously there were sports animes long before Free came along. You know, Mm -hmm. there are sports animes from like, the 80s and 90s that are legendary today. Mm-hmm. But Free was, like, when, when I was going to conventions in, like, 2013, you know, Free was everywhere. It was huge. And absolutely, completely taken over by fangirls, you know? Fan fiction's mm-hmm. everywhere. Body pillows, jackets, cosplay, you know? The whole shebang, whole nine yards. <laughs> it was completely taken over. And it kind of, in my mind... I don't know if this is factually correct, but in my mind, it sparked a new wave of 
how sports animes were presented. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Free, I don't know if this is like pushing it, but I feel like Free kind of, if they didn't create the stereotypes, they set them in stone. Yeah, it's just, and it's not even just like sports anime tropes in general. It's just, it had a lot of plot tropes and everything else that just kind of seemed I've, I feel like it could have done without. Because mm-hmm. that's not what I look for whenever I look at free. I look at free and I I just, I don't know, I want to watch swimming. And I we barely got any swimming. Yeah, I definitely think that they need more swimming. <laughs> um, but I also feel like that that might just be the way that free does it. Because I don't feel like there was a lot of swimming in the first season either. And compare that to- But I felt like there was more swimming, or the swimming mattered more in the first season. Yeah. I just also think that comparing it to Haikyuu, where season three was literally one game, we're looking at very different worlds, you know? It is, but still, like I said, this was one core that could have been two if they had focused on all of the right elements. Yeah, I definitely So maybe that's why. I just feel underwhelmed. With what the yeah. second season was. I'm overwhelmed um, with emotions, but I'm underwhelmed with the story that I was given. Yeah, especially considering... Okay, I'm going to put on spoiler chicken hats because I want to talk about some of the, the later episodes right now. So spoiler chicken hats on. But with the Australia trip, mm. that was so fast. And then national tournament taking place in a half of an episode. Like not even. Mm-hmm. A third of an episode. That's- Again, Australia trip could have been three episodes. Australia trip could have been a whole freaking core in itself. It could have, but again, if it was considering Hikira, they were only there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but the fact that it was just like a two or three day trip, it could have been two or three episodes worth. Yeah, because they to be did honest, so that- much that they just glossed over real quick. Yeah, to be honest, I don't even feel like Australia necessarily needed to be in this season mm-hmm. i feel like they i they could have shown the moment where rin took haru to the world pool and showed him that and shown him like getting over it in this and then had the rest of the australia trip be ovas i could i could see that but again if they had just like spread it out into three episodes that also would have been fine mm-hmm also, let's take a moment to, so final spoiler chicken hats, if you don't want to listen to this and skip ahead like 30 or 40 seconds. But, so, I don't know if you noticed, but in the subtitles in the last episode, you see that they play sixth in nationals for the relay. Yeah. Where the fuck did they play sixth whenever they won their heat? Uh-huh. Explain that to me. Where yeah. was that? Where was that whole race to determine who got placed what at Nationals? That is bullshit. Yeah, because we get to see them uh, do their first heat. And then... Yeah. Like, they're they, the first they, ones yeah, they... to do the relay, and that's it. Yeah, no and then you more, don't get to see them do their second one. race. And, like, I... Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I... It's very... It, this The second season comes across more as a slice of life centered mm-hmm. around swimming as opposed to a sports anime with slice of life elements. But I've seen 12 episodes slice of life make me cry and care more than a second season of a show that I enjoyed the first season of. Yeah. Like it's, it had so much potential and in some areas it delivered on it so well. And then others, it underwhelmingly left me wanting more. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... 
the more we talk in, about in it, the more I'm like, note. this is disappointing. But like my first impression of it when I first watched the season was this is amazing. But now going through it, and especially after watching all of Haikyuu, I'm like, and I mean, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. But I mean, again, even, even looking at it from outside the realm of Haikyuu. Because I can, I can forgive that. Because Haikyuu will sit atop the world of sports anime until hopefully farewell, my dear Kramer knocks it off its pedestal. Because my God, if the if anyone can dethrone Haikyuu, it's the creators of Your Line April, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, looking at it from outside the realm of that, just looking from a pure storytelling aspect, it just it had so much potential, and it. It just didn't, it did, but it didn't do what it needed to do. Yeah, I feel, I don't know, I feel conflicted because I still really enjoyed it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I just think that it's one of those ones that you maybe shouldn't binge because then I feel like stuff gets more redundant. Or if you do binge it, don't binge it immediately after Haikyuu. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Binging it within a month of Haikyuu, and now we're just both sitting here like, fuck. Yeah, but like, even I was thinking about other sports animes, and I'm like, I compare it to All Out as well, and... I'd still rather watch this than All Out. Yeah. I... Cheer Boys, Dive. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, out of everything we've watched, Free still sits second tier for me. Yeah, so it's not bad by any means, that's not what we're saying, it's just that it could have been so much better. Mm-hmm. And... I'm gonna, oh dear God, whenever we actually have to rate this, I don't know, I don't know how I'm gonna rate it. Oh God. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I have a huge emotional attachment to it, so I want to be, be like, nine, you know? But logistically, like, I did skip through chunks of it, and I do feel like that they didn't focus on the elements that I would have wanted them to focus on, and I felt like they mm-hmm. focused on, I feel like they almost, I don't know, okay, I feel like they almost tried to push it into a BL romance category, almost. And in doing so, because of the, the fangirls. Might have, yeah, I was going to say, do you think the community might have forced their hand a little bit on that? Maybe, because I haven't read the manga, so I, I wouldn't know if this is just how it's written. But, like, it makes me wonder if they did really play up the, like, the the emotional conflict side of things because of the fandom and because of that it their actual sports took a hit yeah i'm not i'm not sure i know because again there's i can appreciate the emotional side of things because i feel like i feel like that's what needed to be expanded on yeah because like like, reen's relationship with sosuke why sosuke doesn't like haru like there's that so much yeah, they, unexplored they stuff. The conflict between fucking Haru and Makoto, there is so much that I could have used. Like, it could have got me to cry if yes. it had just focused on what it needed to focus on. Nagisa running away from his parents because of their pressure. Like, that could have been so much like, more. That was conflict and resolution all in one episode. Like, if that had been gradual... Like, oh my god! It started yeah. from episode one and ended in like episode seven, whenever it happened or wherever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. that would have been perfect. Like yeah, I just would small have things. loved that. Just small things like in episode one, Rin being like, "Hey, Nakisa seems kind of stressed today," and then the next episode, it was just like, "Ah, oh, I'm sorry, I can't come to swim practice." 
And they're like, why? And he's like, I have no worries and it's no problem. And then, because the same thing with Rin as well, like he had, he, when he was getting like chased by the track captain mm-hmm. and tried to get persuaded back to being in track, I feel like that could have also been progressive. And maybe that's why Rin wouldn't have noticed that Nagisa was being elusive because he was also being elusive. And then you could have Makoto worrying about Haru, who's got all of this pressure on him because of the scouts and him losing his safe space and them invading it. And so because, and then he's like, Makoto could just be watching the other three members of his team all slowly falling apart all at the same time while he himself is trying to figure out what he wants to do with his future. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just also watching his team fall apart. Like, that could have been so intense. And then on the flip side, again, at the same time, I feel like they could have shown snippets of Sosuke going to rehab or whatever. You know, they didn't really... I mean, they showed him getting on a, on a train. But, like, I feel like they could have given us more on that side. And then, you know, catching, like, all of these other people, like, watching him. And, and, and I don't know. I feel like it could have been so much more. Mm-hmm. And again, just introducing Sosuke into season two without him being mentioned at all in season one and him like just coming in and immediately leaving all in the same season. It's like a convenient plot armor that just kind of introduces itself to make sure that Sumezuka can get to where they need to be just to be able to compete and kind of give our guys like something to compete against and a reason to care. Yeah. Or at least give us a reason to care, because obviously we're, you know, very attached to Reen because of season one. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gives them more of an opportunity to kind of swim a relay. And you see, that's one thing they got right, was Reen's dedication to swim a relay against Haru and them. Like, that built perfectly throughout the duration of the season, but that's it. Mm -hmm. That's the only just true, good long-term storytelling that we got from it. I think I said Rin was um, getting recruited by the track team. I meant Ray. Same, you yeah. know, three letters with an R at the beginning. I got confused. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I know what you meant. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I feel like they could have kind of stacked it more rather than mm-hmm. it being one after the other after the other. I don't know if that would have been too much, though, because obviously we're reading it like, that's what we're saying all at once. But sometimes I feel like you should go that to that point where, as a viewer, you're, like, anxious watching it, you know? And mm. I don't feel like... The only because time like I got... a gradual build like that, watching that week to week, that would have been stressful as fuck. Right? Yeah. And I would have loved that, because even binge-watching it, like, I would have just been chomping at the bit. But I just wanted to casually watch this, because, again... I was getting frustrated, but you and I already don't start the anime until, like, three to two to the day before we're supposed to actually watch this. Yeah. Or sit down to record this. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things to where I feel like having to binge watch it kind of takes, it kind of took some of the fun out of the season. Because, again, it's something that binge watching it, especially after just coming off of high cue, was hard because it doesn't have enough to just truly grasp your attention. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about Haru stopping swimming mid his 100 meter race? I love it, but that should have been something that could have been a little bit more built towards from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it was obvious that he was going to crack at some point. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been more effective had he stopped during the relay. 
for instance. Mm-hmm. But then like, they wouldn't have been not, able to go to nationals, right? So. Yeah, like maybe not the regionals relay, but they had like some sort of competition and Haru cracked in yeah. a relay. Like if they had done like some sort of joint thing with the other schools. And again, this is all in like a world where they could have drugged this shit out more. Yeah. Because it's definitely something that needed to happen. And I feel like it could have had a lot more. But again, it was just a constant flow of conflict resolution, conflict resolution, just immediate back to back to back to where there was no, no conflict had enough breathing room except for this that they tried to give it. But again, it didn't, the fact that they basically mentally reset Haru at the start of the season without giving any reason why yeah, didn't. It didn't make sense to me. Yeah, in my mind, I feel like they should have focused more on the pressure of everything mm-hmm. for him as opposed to his identity with swimming. Because Not only that, but they should have started that pressure in the first season. Yeah. Not halfway through the second season, and then you get to see the pressure for like two episodes, and then boom, crack. Mm-hmm. I feel like things like, you know... I feel like small things could have been done, like um, him getting... Well, you do get to see that, because there was a moment in the prefecture, like in the in the preliminary tournament, sorry, where um, Ray, where all of the members are just saying, oh, we don't have to worry about Haru, he's going to win the 100 meter. And it was like really casual, and I liked that. But then you didn't get to see that again. It was because that was in like episode like two or something. <clears throat> and And you didn't get to see that for a while and then it was all about these scouts right Mm -hmm. i feel like more of those small things of like oh we don't have to worry about haru because we know he's going to win oh we don't have to we don't have to support haru because we know he's got it in the bag haru doesn't need to do the training regimen that we're on because we know that he is fine the way he he doesn't need us to make a bento box for him because he's making them all for us he doesn't need to have this support from us because he's the one that's carrying us, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that could have been... And then small things like the principal coming earlier and then, you know, coming again when the scouts are looking for him. A scout actually coming to try and talk to him earlier on. Mm-hmm. All of these things could have built up to where... Because, like, I feel like the main point of why Haru cracks is because swimming is his escape, it's where it's he... kind of like what anime and video games and stuff are to you and I. Yeah, it's it's his art form, you know. Mm-hmm. And to all of a sudden get all of these people relying on you and building, like stacking on all this pressure, you know, talking about you, kind of like you're not even there. You mm-hmm. know, Haru's going to do well. We don't even have to worry about him. Doing all of that to build that up is taking away the comfort that he finds in swimming. But again, it's kind of a retelling of season one, though, because that was his problem in season one was the pressure of swimming and not having a reason to swim. And then although he's really good at swimming, he doesn't want to compete. And then he cracks, but then Reen shows up and he has a reason to. And then he goes out and, you know, kicks ass. And that's kind of how the season ends. And again, you see so much growth there at the end of season one, Mm -hmm. whenever they're all like standing around and laughing and then get disqualified and all that other shit. And then it's just immediately back to it. 
in yeah. season two. So I just feel like there's so much more they could have done. And again, like you said, like slowly sprinkling in stuff more and more, like maybe one or two little jabs an episode mm-hmm. leading up to that point would have just made it seem, you know, like there's a reason for it. But Haru is just immediately distant at the start of the season and not even like just normal Haru distant. Yeah. And then it's just like, boom, Australia. I'm better now. I see what I'm supposed to do. Boom. Relay. Boom. Sixth place that we don't even get to see it. I don't understand why. Yeah. And then everything is hunky-dory. And again, back to Sosuke. Here's Sosuke. He's a badass. He can't be stopped. Oh, God, his shoulder. Oh, no, he's vulnerable. Now our guys are definitely going to win. It's just... uh... Yeah. I'm going to be interested to go through season three because i feel like we will we've started this now i feel like we need to go through season three uh yeah absolutely i want to watch season three tonight if i didn't have to go to a fucking tennis tournament tomorrow (laughs) um and they're in in university for season three so that is i mean it's gonna be interesting because this is where we're gonna get to see them competing on the world stage you know because it's not like high school you don't have high school nationals and stuff it's like they're competing for spots on the national team Mm -hmm. and um so it's going to be interesting to watch that with this new mindset that we have and the new critical thinking that we take to anime because I can't watch an anime casually now. And <laughs> um, Your boy can because that's how I feel like I'm watching season two of ReZero. Mm-hmm. I just feel like a fangirl. She's like, oh, so much more stuff. <laughs> 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 on that note, mate, okay, let's talk about the ED from ReZero really quick because okay. I want to go on a tangent about it. That animation is stunning. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I love every bit of it. I can't I can't gush enough about ReZero. Subaru's voice actor deserves to win fucking voice actor of the year at this point. <laughs> Just so good. If ReZero doesn't win fucking anime of the year for 2022, then fuck off. While we're actually on OPs and EDs, you sent me a message about Freeze. Yes, OP was much better than the first Mm because the first one was forgettable shit Mm -hmm. the ed was adorable as far as animation goes but music is forgettable Mm -hmm. i've i found myself skipping the ed every time except for the first time because i wanted to see the animation but the op i kind of skipped every other time Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's fair i also feel like the op is kind of um a little bit it's it's gonna be outdated in like five years almost outdated now (laughs) Mm -hmm. but music it's one of those weird things because it's generic but it's a good generic if that makes sense it's like nickelback (laughs) 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 uh yeah music is is so fast evolving though i feel like most ops and eds are gonna be kind of outdated very quickly you know? I don't know, though, because Tokyo Ghoul came out, like, ages ago, and Unravel still stands to be one of the best OPs of all time. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are some that have that, like, classic element to them that can, like, withstand the tale of time. The tale of time? The test of time? The test test of time, right? I don't know. Anything. I, I think it's the test of time, test but of tale time. of time also works because, you know, tales will also go yeah, forever. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but... I, yeah, I feel like those ones that have inspiration from music that has been around for a while, even if like it's not obvious, can 
last a lot longer than music that is very time specific. Like it's very mm. like hip, <laughs> trendy. Yeah, you know. I don't. But yeah, I don't know. It's still like I said, OP, good generic, ED. I don't even remember. I just know seeing fucking Haru in A Mermaid's Tale just had me die. (laughs) Like that, if there's ever anything that was more fitting, that was it. Um, I had a question. What was I going to ask? Oh, um, Makoto, what do you think about his decision for his future? Perfect. I honestly think he should be a coach because he did so well. And again, that's something that could have been expanded on so much more. Yeah, higher toes is best for his decision. Oh, 100%. So cute. And then, like, not only that, but his decision to go to Tokyo to go to school. When the fuck was that decision made before he told Haru? Like, that's... Yeah, on that trip to the guidance counselor that we didn't get to see? Oh, great, thanks. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm so torn because part of me wants to give it an eight, but then another part of me wants to give it a fucking five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick it at a solid seven. I'm going to give it a six and a half because I got to split the difference. That's fair. I'm giving it a seven for those moments where I was like, this is fucking cool. And there's a few of those throughout the season. The you know what, animation, I'll give it an eight. Yeah. No, not an eight, a seven. A seven. Because I was thinking for like the Sakura pools for... Uh, yeah, especially that last one. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. For so the um, final relay where they're all swimming with the animals like they were doing in the first season, that callback. Mm-hmm. The butterflies for Haru. Don't understand why. Butterflies don't live underwater. But, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, Haru will be Haru, I guess. <laughs> right. For small things, I think were really, you know, they were, they were small things that I thought were really good. Obviously, those things I think that should have been bigger. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, um, Nagisa running away from home. Ray with his learning to swim at a different school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sasuke with his injury you know these are all plot points that I think were really good I just wanted them expanded on Mm -hmm. again there was so much more that they could have drug out and given us more of and again all those situations of conflict resolution per episode if they had drug that out it would have made so much more sense and been so much easier to digest I also feel like we were missing the funny from Coach Sasabe this season mm mm-hmm I will agree on that as well, because he, he wasn't around as much. And he was and the majority watched, of the jokes the first season. Mm-hmm. And I watched this season through dubbed, because mm-hmm. Sabat plays Sasabe, and that, for me, is just gold. Okay, yeah, I also want to speak... I didn't get it as much. I want to speak about the um, Australian-English dub. Yes! <laughs> it's so bad. Yes. It's so bad. <laughs> It's so bad, but yet, uh... The worst part about it, was... it for the sub <laughs> is that it's directly comparing a Australian voice actor to a really solid Japanese voice actor mm-hmm. right next to each other. Yep. And so the, the difference is glaringly obvious. Specifically, the woman. I can't remember her name. I can't remember, like, remember that character's name. But um, she... I found was presenting her lines in a way that was really exaggerated. So instead of mm-hmm. saying something like, uh, Rin, did you get a girlfriend? It was, Rin, did you get a girlfriend? It's like, oh, well, she's Australian. So, Rin, did you get a girlfriend? <laughs> it's like, okay, 
That was an awful Australian accent. Let me be, okay? I'm English. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, like, it was so exaggerated. And then because the Japanese voice acting was so much more natural, it sounded disjointed. And I don't feel like they edited that part well either in my mind. So, like, there was a moment where she, or, yeah, I think it is one of those things where she goes, oh, do you remember that time? And then Rin goes, oh, we don't have to talk about that. But there's, like, a couple second pause in between those two lines. So it was like, oh, do you remember that time? Oh, we don't have to talk about that. Rather than, oh, do you remember that time? Cuts off. We don't have to talk about that. Because otherwise it's just like, do you remember that time? You know, that one time? Mm -hmm. Because I do. That was a fun time, right? It's like, we have no clue what you're talking about. That's supposed to be cut off. And I don't feel like they edited that well. Agreed. So that's my thoughts on that. I mean, again, like, it, it's odd because I found a little bit of charm in it. But at the same time, it was, like, glaringly shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I wonder how that would have worked dubbed. You, did you, you watched that episode dubbed, right? Yes, I did. So how did they do that? Because obviously with the with the sub, it's clear that there's a language barrier for Haru. Whereas with the dub, it was just an accent difference. Yeah. Is that weird? I, again, like it was charming and awkward and everything else all at the same time. Like it was, it took me by surprise. Right. Whatever it happened. Because it happened and I was like, did they, like, did they just introduce a new Australian character, and then I remembered they were in Australia, and everyone just kept speaking in Australian accents, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I wasn't sure how that was going to work, because obviously with the sub, it's a clear difference, you know? Rin mm. and Haru are speaking to each other in Japanese, and then they're speaking in English, and then there's Japanese subtitles. But yeah, it was all Australian accent for the... Okay, that makes sense. I was confused dub. about how that would work, with it all being in English. Yeah, There's a language was, barrier, you know... but we're speaking the same language. <clears throat> Honestly, that's me at a drive-thru. <laughs> Honestly, though, same. <laughs> right? When we first emigrated, my dad would always pull forward when we were in a drive-thru so that I was the one, like, because we emigrated, I was like 10, 11, right? And, um, uh-huh. and I used to always sit behind the driver's seat. That is the driver's mm-hmm. seat, right? Yeah. Yes. And so when... Um, we would pull up to drive-thrus and my dad was driving. He would always pull forward. So I would have to speak through the, through the thing because my dad would say something like, can I get a bottle of water? And the other person would be like, a where? <laughs> you want a where? <laughs> it's like, and then I'd be like, bottle of water. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. It's like, no, <laughs> bottle of water. And it's like, because we don't say the T's really in bottle. Mm-hmm. And then water is a completely different sound to water. Nobody would get it. Oh, he used to that's... hate it. My dad, I don't understand this. I do not understand this. So many times at Starbucks, so many times, my dad will ask for a, a mocha and they will give him an Americano. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. This has happened multiple times. And I don't understand how... A mocha sounds like an Americano. Maybe maybe the people that are working at y'all Starbucks are just idiots. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Because even because if you say a cafe mocha, an Americano, a cafe mocha, I I mean, I have the same accent, so maybe it's just that I'm not hearing it the same way. No, because, I mean, as a, you know, <clears throat> American English speaker, mm-hmm. 
And not only that, but a Southern American English speaker. Southern. So someone that can have like one of the thickest accents imaginable, depending on who I'm speaking with. Even I can distinguish the difference. Now, could I tell you the difference between a mocha and an Americano? No. But can I also tell you that those are definitely two completely different drinks? Yes. <laughs> right? I don't... So, I don't... It's just... And again, like, I don't mean, like, calling them idiots in a derogatory manner by any means. It's just... Everyone has those moments. That's one thing that I was talking about with my psychologist recently, actually, is... um. You know when you do something really stupid and then for the next, like, seven years, like, every now and again you'll think about it and you'll just be like, that was so stupid, you know? Uh-huh. I was talking oh, yeah. about that with her. And she was saying that you just, in those moments, you have to just say, huh, that was a really human moment. And I was like, I like that. I've never thought of it that way. Because in my mind, I just think you're a big fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. <laughs> but to rephrase that as just being like, huh, that was, that was actually, like, I was really human right then. I don't know, it's something about that just takes the edge off. But again, it's one of those things to where if, if it's like a constant thing with your dad, because you said it happens it's happened all the time. With me being with him, it's happened at least three times. And so again, that's why brain immediately went to idiot. Because <laughs> I'm like, if it happens consistently on a regular basis, something must be wrong. It's happened in person and in the drive-thru. Like over the counter, you know? When he's been in the store, standing in front of them, a foot away, being like a mocha please. You know what? I'm going to Google the difference between a mocha and American. An, an Americano, Americano right now. An Americano is a type of coffee. So it's just like... An Americano is half espresso, half water. Yeah. Whereas... So I'm uh, aware of what that is. A mocha is... What is a mocha? A mocha is hot chocolate and coffee. So it's like 50% hot chocolate or 50% coffee. Sometimes it's like a hot chocolate with a couple espresso shots in it. But yeah, the point is that it's like hot chocolate with coffee. Uh, and the reason why my dad gets a mocha is because he doesn't really like Starbucks coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so if he puts the chocolate in it, it's not as, as coffee. And you see, I feel like that might be another reason why I'm not a big fan of Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Is because I, I'm not a fan of how their coffee tastes. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not a fan of how expensive their coffee is for how much I don't like their taste. Yeah, you want $5 for a coffee? When you can go to Tim's and get one for 99 cents? Yeah, or have I sent you the size of the large iced coffees I get from Dunkin'? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're a bucket. Yeah, 32 ounces of just pure iced coffee for two fifty. Yeah. Whereas Starbucks, I get an 8-ounce piece of shit for 5 bucks minimum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if I want to add something like cream or sugar, it's going to cost me another arm and a leg. Yeah, I always have extra espresso shots in my coffee. I think that's been established. Mm -hmm. So my Starbucks order is expensive. <laughs> but that's why it's really nice when I get them. It's like, it's it's really, they're like a really nice treat for myself, you know? I could see that. But like, yeah, I don't know. There's, I'm okay with spending that much money on a coffee. I think more likely when I'm going into a small cafe, you know? Because like there's a, a place that does macchiatos. That's, that's one thing as well. Starbucks's macchiato is not, not a macchiato. Mm. Most Italian coffees are very small because they're very strong, right? Mm -hmm. So macchiatos are like, they're they're really little like drinks mm -hmm. and they're really strong. Yeah. And then you go to a, a Starbucks and you get their caramel macchiato or whatever it is on their basic list. And it's big and very sweet and 
hardly any coffee in it. So I don't consider, like, how many times do you think, like, small cafes, independent cafes, have gotten shit from customers because somebody's gone in there and said, can I have a, a macchiato? And they give them one. And then they're like, what is this? This isn't a macchiato. And they're like, no, Starbucks is one isn't a macchiato, you know? Well, it's like a difference between like a hole-in-the-wall restaurant and a chain restaurant. Mm-hmm. A hole-in-the-wall restaurant, you're going to have food that's actually seasoned to taste and everything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas a chain restaurant is just going to have very bland, very normal styles of food. Yeah. So you're, you know, it's just one of those things to where I feel like chains just have to for lack of a better term, basic stuff up. Yeah. And so people that are actually original and new with their ideas are going to catch shit because that's not what they're used to because they're not a place that's just trying to, you know, pander to everyone. Yeah. So yeah, I do do feel for small chain coffee shops. But again, I feel like I would, I'm okay with going to, you know, milk and honey and paying five dollars for my typical burnt sugar latte versus going to starbucks and getting the same size drink and paying five dollars for and not being anywhere near as good for the same price Mm -hmm. and also knowing that my money is going to a small you know a small independently owned business versus a corporate chain yeah we love locally owned businesses 100%, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. I just hate how I haven't been able to go to Milk and Honey during the pandemic because they close at two. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, you bastards. Yeah. Because I have to drive to the next town over, and by the time I wake up, get ready, and get over there, hell, I went on a date not too long ago, and I tried to take the girl over there. Ooh. And they were closed. Because I didn't know they closed it too. And I'm like, the fuck is this? Things are getting saucy on Brad's end. Nope, because that went nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we talked about it the last episode. I I did nothing for Valentine's Day. So I'm leaving it there and let's, let's change the topic. Because I don't want to talk about how sad I am. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not sad. I have the power of God in anime on my side. Uh, and iced coffee. Uh, always iced coffee. Always iced coffee. I, I need iced coffee. Oh, damn. Iced coffee's closed. I'm not going to be able to get any after I do this. Made, damn you. I made a coffee float the other day. Oh? Yeah. So I got cold coffee, obviously. And uh-huh. um, I there was a Haagen-Dazs, I think it was, brand coffee-flavored ice cream. Uh-huh. And I just took a chunk and made it ice cream float out of Ooh. coffee and coffee flavored ice cream. It's fucking good, uh-huh. dude. Uh, it sounds amazing. It was so good. I highly recommend. I am. I'm jealous. I now want to try this just yeah. because I want. Yeah, I think it was Hagen does coffee flavored ice cream, but whatever your preference is. Also, you never sent me pictures of curry, jerk. I didn't because leftover curry does not look as good <laughs> as fresh curry. Just saying. So I was like, I have more ramen pictures to send you, but I I won't do that to you. Mean, yeah, I'll make curry again <laughs> um, soon because it, that went down really well. So I think I have said everything I wanted to say on free. We were completely all over the place today. I did write down notes to keep us on track, but we just didn't pay attention to them. We got talking and off we went. Yeah, I feel like we had more to say about it than we actually wanted to talk about the. Like, how everything went. But I feel like we also covered the entire season. Yeah. Just way out of order. Just completely out of order. Yeah, no, I feel like 
Yeah, I don't feel like there was anything that we missed. I mean, we didn't cover exactly the tournaments, but it's really hard to cover the tournaments where they take three seconds, you know? So, really quick run-through overview at the very end, just to say we've done it. Okay, so... Slice of Life episode. Prefectures. They won. Slice of Life episode. They go to regionals. They lose, but also win. Mm Mm-hmm. More slice of life episodes where, yeah, where all the qualifications and all that stuff. Slice of life episodes of conflict, resolution, conflict, resolution, conflict, resolution. Australia, not enough Australia. Nationals, nationals is over. Final episode of like going into the future. Yeah, honestly. That's it. (laughs) That's. There's not enough content. Not enough content. Definitely enough plot. I mean, swimming. Or not enough swimming. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm really, okay, let's do a quick predict, predictions, predictions for (laughs) season three for you. Obviously, I have seen it already, so I'm not going to confirm or deny. What do you think is going to happen season three from what you have seen? Obviously, we know that they're going to university. Thoughts? I don't even want to try, because I have a feeling that they're just going to reset Haru again in college, and I'm just going to sit there and just be pissed off the whole time. Okay. Because, like, here's a dream, but also, here's crushing reality. Yeah. Because everything's fine when you're a kid, but then you're an adult, and it's like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I don't feel like that's how that works in anime, but that's how real life works, so my brain is very broken. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I, mm, I can't say anything because I'll spoil. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> that everything? That's everything. Yeah. So the absolutely lovely voice that has accompanied me, Blue, you can find her on Twitch at Blue Lavender. She doesn't stream now, but if you drop her a follow, you'll see her if she ever decides to go live again. Mm-hmm. You heard her speak earlier about her Instagram. She has an Instagram where she posts art updates. And all that other fun stuff at Blue Lavender STM. She has a Twitter at the same handle to where you can keep up with stream updates. Again, if she ever streams. Mm -hmm. She also has an Instagram for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean to where if you love adorable dog photos, I highly, highly recommend it. Because that is a shot of joy that everyone needs in their life. Yeah, and she's tubby right now. Uh, Aw, She hasn't been able to go to the dog park and really run off leash. So she's Mm. uh, packed on a few pounds. And, um, yeah, we need to, we need to That's okay, it's about to start warming up, so now tennis ball time. Tennis ball time. Yeah, that's another thing, is we can't play stair tennis with her anymore, because obviously we now have, like, uh, wood flooring, and so Mm -hmm. we used to throw the tennis ball down the stairs all the time, and she would run up and down the carpet and burn a lot of calories that way. But, um, yeah, she goes ice skating when she does that now, so it's too dangerous for us to do that. (laughs) Um, she, She is too slippy on that floor. (laughs) <laughs> uh, i can only imagine mm-hmm. um so yeah we don't do that with her anymore which she is most upset about but also i don't think that she wants to because she is very cautious on those stairs but yeah makes sense mm-hmm. but if you liked the voice that joined me today you can find brad on twitch at brad carter gaming he is also on instagram at brad carter gaming as well he also runs our instagram and twitter for the podcast at bnb anime we are at bnb anime on all of our socials so if you want to drop us a follow on anything you can find us that way we have a youtube channel very fun 
where all of our episodes are published and we are hoping to upload some new content on there soon. So it's not just our episodes that are going live on the YouTube channel, but there's also gonna be some stuff that we take out of the, the episodes because obviously these episodes are edited. So moments that we've taken out, tangents that we've taken out, ideas, thoughts, random little snippets that we have taken out of these episodes, we are planning on shortening them, clipping them, editing them, and posting them on the YouTube channel. So watch out for that in the future. Hopefully sometime soon, I will get on it. <laughs> Wish me luck. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and um, then we also have our website, www.bnbanime.com, where you can find information on the pair of us, our voice acting work, our artwork, all of our previously archived episodes, links to your favorite listening platforms, and friends of the uh, of the podcast and uh, links to our IMDb pages as well, where you can see our professional voice acting work too, and some super fun projects that we have coming out um, soon and that we are working on for the long-term future as well. So all kinds of cool stuff is happening with that all as like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such excite. Much, much fun. Much fun. In the works. I am, I am very excited. Mm -hmm. That everything? That's everything. So, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, the romance month comes to an end with Kaguya-sama Love is War Season 2. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Not that exactly romance, but it could be with the amount of shipping that goes on. Look, okay, one of my really good friends that I play Siege with all the time, she does nothing but try to turn the anime into a BL. And I'm like, look, I see where you're coming from. But just leave leave the BL to the actual BL, like Given, which I I'm looking forward to watching the movie. Mm -hmm. That that Given TikTok I sent you the other day like had me choking up. Mm -hmm. They're so like, no, don't, no, 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 yeah, no. Honestly, Free could be a romance anime though. The it, amount it could of... it has those like subtle hints dropped in little by little. Mm -hmm. But also. Because of the way that they have the pairings and, like, the relationships between characters, I bet there's shipping wars of who <laughs> people ship together. Uh, yeah, I would I would be afraid to see those fandoms just yeah. having at it. But I'm I sure there's forums somewhere to where if you are curious, you can find what you want. Oh, 100%. But, yeah, outside of that, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye! Bye! -bye. Bye.